Hey guys, welcome to another brand new episode of Mindfulness with Swetanchu. Now, this week two things happened. One was our podcast crossing 1000 streams, which is amazing. And I'm I'm just so grateful to every listener that I have. And yeah, the other good news was we got selected for the Hubhopper Podcast Awards 2021 under the category self-love and motivation. And that was another big thing. Now I need your votes to win it so the polls are still on that who you know who will actually uh, get to the finals and win the awards but yeah by far I've gotten so much love from all the people and you know my listeners they've been voting and uh, I put it out almost on all you know social media platforms so if you're someone who is following me on my social media you'll be able to see you know the updates but yeah more on that later on Today's episode I call someone whose content has been you know affecting me in a way that no one else does. His content is peaceful, his content is serene, his you know storytelling is just amazing. It's beautiful the way he makes his content. He's none other than Mr. Shivam Bapat or uh, you'll better know him by the balcony of infinity uh, on Instagram. And he's just one of those people who brightens up your day with their content like you know his post just makes my feed look a little better <laughs> that's what i'll say and not just a content creator he's an amazing human being and today we'll be talking to him about a lot of things his favorite bollywood pics his uh, you know his take on adulting and so much more like i don't want to spill the beans over here so let's get into the conversation and yeah i hope you guys enjoy it Hey guys thank you for uh, you know tuning into another brand new episode of mindfulness with sotanshu and today i have uh, you know among us someone whose content has you know kind of hit that peaceful uh, you know point in my uh, heart and whenever i see his content it makes me feel like okay there can be better days <laughs> there can be you know uh, nice mornings there can be it's it's just something very serene about the way he portrays stuff that you know hit me when i you know first went through his content a few months back and since then you know i've been following him uh for a, a long time now and every time he posts something it just makes me feel a little better like it just makes my day a little better and i don't know why <laughs> it's just something magical about the content so for me he's the most peaceful content creator out there whose content brings out the most beautiful feelings that you could feel and i won't get into the technical introduction his name is shivam bapat and you can find him as the balcony of infinities on uh, instagram and uh, you can just you know you you will just get lost in the content somewhere so when you get, when you scroll through his you know videos and everything he's a cinematographer and uh, that's probably the best usp that you could have to create such beautiful content and so yeah i'm i'm so glad to have you shivam over here thank you i'm very happy to be doing this amazing amazing thank you thank you for having me we've had pretty uh, you know some some reshedules over the time but yeah finally we were able to do this i'm so glad uh first of all okay the first uh, the first thing that i have to ask you is that uh, okay the day one when you started creating content I don't think it will be like the quality that you produce right now, or was it like obviously. always? <laughs> okay, so no, no obviously not. You know, amazing storytelling, like through videos where you don't even speak much about things. It's just you know, it flows. Your videos and vlogs they just flow into our daily lives, and it's just so beautiful. So, how how did your career begin with this, and how has it taken a turn into you know proper full time content creation? 
So, you know, content was never a part of the plan uh, because when I was in college, which was some four years back, this whole content economy hadn't uh, boomed the way it is booming Absolutely. right now. Yes. You know, uh, I remember when I was in college, we didn't even know that something called content creator exists. We did mm-hmm. not call a piece of photograph or video a content piece. That mm-hmm. whole content sphere did not exist. Uh, but I remember when I was in college, this whole space with the internet and Instagram and like, you know, people were doing crazy stuff and it had mm-hmm. started to blow up and like people were calling it their career. And I never thought I could do it. You know, I was like, Nini, ye, ye bohut, matlab, you know, this is out of bandwidth in a way. Mm-hmm. But I really liked creating uh, content. But back then we used to call ourselves Instagrammers and this <laughs> and that and all of that yeah. jazz. And I really enjoyed the process of it, you know, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, even on days when uh, a content piece would not perform well Mm. uh, like you know when you start and you know 100 people like it and some 20 people say oh my god this is beautiful you are like on top of the world Uh, but even on a day when it would just get maybe say 50 likes you know Mm -hmm. I would just have had enjoyed the process of creating that piece so much uh, that I knew that I wanted to do this over and over and over again for the process of it Mm. Uh, obviously there are days where you get to succumb to the performance of it and then you have to keep reminding yourself that I'm not doing this for that but I'm doing this for a reason and a vision and a purpose which is beyond the insights and the engagement right Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I think you just have to keep doing and that's what I kept doing because I liked the process of it Mm. and I just sort of stuck to it and kept doing it over and over and over again and then suddenly one point it was like oh so you're a content creator now and I was like am I? (laughs) <laughs> okay, if you say so, I guess. But that's literally how this whole thing happened. It mm-hmm. was never a part of the plan. Amazing, but that's what it said, right? Sometimes things which are not in the plan work out very well. So, uh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Amazing. So, basically, there are, you know, like you're there right now, there are a lot of content creators in my space as well who are just budding creators, right? This is beginning their journeys. And a lot of times, as you said that, uh, you know, we need to be consistent. That's, that's one thing. If you're loving what you're doing, only then can you be consistent. So that's there. But what will be your advice for the budding creators who just, you know, lose hope when they get, you know, down from uh, 100 likes to 50 likes. You know, a lot of people feel that the appreciation is falling. So what will be your, uh, you know, kind of advice to these people, like people including me? <laughs> No, you know, we're all in the same boat. I'll be mm-hmm. honest with you. This is a never-ending game. You know, when when you're on, say, 100 followers, you want 1,000 followers. When you're on 1,000 followers, you want 10,000. When you're on 10,000, you want a 50 and then you want a million. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a never-ending, uh, mm-hmm. it's a never-ending loop of wanting more, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, how I see this is that if, you know, if someone's ever told you that, you should not get into the content space because it's extremely cluttered and there are too many people in it and you know tum, jaga nahi hai. Mm. let's be real the internet is just an extension and a reflection of the real world just mm. because mm. there are already so many engineers our parents in india are telling their kids to not become engineers <laughs> no they still want their kids to be engineers right absolutely similarly on the internet and within the content economy if we have a lot of creators today that's great But let's be real, if so many people could build a livelihood out of it, a lot more will and can, you know. So it's really about knowing what you want to do with it. It's about telling your story your way. And that takes time, you know. I feel like after four years of doing content, I I finally feel like I'm in a very 
confident position of knowing what my visual aesthetics are mm. or what stories i want to tell and more more importantly how i want to tell them mm. you know because you're young we you know when you start we are so young you don't know the narrative of your life what are you going to tell the narrative of a story mm. you know and i think the more you do it the more you figure out the more confident you become mm. and uh, i think you just start finding yourself a little bit more with every piece of content that you create and put out there true 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 so uh, that that actually happens that you know we start out with something and slowly you know we keep pivoting into things that we might be good at and then you know pivot 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 and somewhere along the way we find what we are good at and we keep continuing that with consistency and you know regular practice then someday it will work out it takes patience and hard work both of these things so yeah it it's it's i agree it's a it's a mm-hmm. process it's a journey and you have to really sign up for the larger scheme of mm-hmm. things you know but do you think like with the uh, you know in advent of all of these different platforms like first there was instagram and tiktok la- till last year right now we have like so many platforms once tiktok was banned <laughs> so, and people are over everywhere right and there are a lot of creators who are creating very unique content but still they cannot you know find their one uh, breakthrough piece of content and when they see uh, you know other content creators who are creating similar kind of content uh, they you know are gaining much more views they are you know kind of pocketing much more views and uh, likes very quickly right so sometimes it does feel like you know uh, okay what we are doing is quality we know that we are enjoying the process but somewhere along the line i've seen like people who have been doing it for like two years around and you know there's very uh, kind of a minimal support from their viewers it's just like okay you posted something we like it that's all they get no one shares no one you know kind of comments or engages with the content that much and the content is really good it's not like it's bad so somewhere along the way you just feel that right would you have i don't know if you would have felt that or not did you go through that phase i think it's very human to feel like that i mean yeah. i go through it even now on some days mm-hmm. you know but then you have to really sort of go back to reminding yourself that if you are creating content which is niche uh you know and anything niche takes time to find its audience mm-hmm. uh you know i mean mm-hmm. let's be real dipika pasukon started in om shanti om and then for 7 years nothing worked <laughs> until a cocktail happened you know but she she didn't give up right she kept mm-hmm. at it and it's 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 i think it's pretty much the same thing you know you have mm-hmm. to keep at it to find your audience because you're never going to find an audience overnight and a lot of people on the internet who come under that umbrella of iska to ekdam overnight success ho gaya Mm-hmm. it's really not overnight not if overnight, you go yeah. back to their content they have been creating content for years together mm-hmm. until that one particular piece blew up and got like some 50 million views and now they are famous and everyone knows them and like every brand wants to work with them they have worked for 6 years for mm-hmm. that one content piece to blow up and then that one content piece blows up and then suddenly they are an overnight success everyone notices you know them. but mm-hmm. we just forget the nights that it took before the night that it took off True. you know uh so it's really it's really about you you keep reminding yourself that you're in this for the larger scheme of things you're here to run a marathon and not a sprint and uh, and there's more to it you know there's more to it a lot of people even hurry into things like what i feel is that uh like we're just in our 20s so suppose we have another 60 years ahead of us if we achieve everything right now what will we do with the rest of the time <laughs> i mean 
Okay, I wouldn't see it like that because I feel like the list of things someone would want to achieve at every age, mm. uh, it's it's an endless list, right? True, I huh? mean, some things that you would want today, maybe like let's be real, when we were younger, when we were in school, becoming mm. the captain of say your sports team was really important. Yeah. Or you know, the houses are there in school. Mein. Yes, yes. Green yes. house, red house, something mm. like that. Becoming the captain or the prefect was very important. Now, when you look back to it you feel like why was i even bothering about that it's hardly important you know but when you're at that stage in life that was very important it gave you a sense of command it made you feel important all of that jazz so now what is important now has to be done now or at least work towards to make yeah, it possible because yeah. maybe 10 years yeah you have to i mean that's all we can do right you do your best and you leave the rest that's literally the best you can do hmm. so i guess yeah that's what you got to do what so, you got to do like priorities change with every uh, you know age bracket that we enter suppose at 20 today i want to do bungee jumping maybe tomorrow i'm not able to do so i have different priorities tomorrow i want to go somewhere else do something else so that's that's also yeah uh, and i feel like yeah and why limit right because we're never going to be this young we're never going to have so much energy uh, you know the way we have today and i feel like somewhere in between your you know from 25 to i think like you know it's the whole ball game changes okay after 25 because what happens is mm. you have a little money also to spend when you're 20 you're straight out of college yeah. you're still yeah. trying to figure out what you want to do with your life and you're not mm. making mm. even decent amount of money you're just trying to figure it out but you want to be independent you don't want to live off your parents all of that jazz true, true. but yeah. in those five years you figure your shit out a little bit and you start also making some money and that also facilitates you to do more things Mm. Uh so I think yeah at whatever stage and age whatever you want to do I feel like go get it go do it if you can and if you can't figure a way out to fund yourself to do it you know I mean when when I remember when I started traveling I didn't want to take money from my parents to travel mm. but I was like no I have to travel so I made a list of my skill sets I was like acha chalo I think I'm good at this let's freelance let's mm. let's make money off my skills and then I will travel and that's literally how I used to travel when I started you know on those extreme budget trips like okay. 20 days in yeah. spiti valley in some 20000 or something like that but <laughs> it's possible it's really possible mm mm-hmm. so uh, a very interesting concept that came to my mind while you were discussing this was how has adulting been for for you like you know this is the point of time when we feel like you know out of college fresh until the time we make enough decent amount of money that's the actual phase of you know facing the real world the real challenges and you know adulting like actually it's not like 18 saal ke ho gaye overnight you become an adult that does not happen but <laughs> in driver's license we can have that once we're 21 we can drink <laughs> so it yeah. just happens overnight but you know essentially how has adulting like been for you like what what are the you know few things that you've learned now which you thought that you know if you could to, uh, tell to your you know 20 year old self or something it would have been very useful what have you learned the hard way or just like learned out of adulting it's exciting adulting is exciting because as you're growing older uh, you know there are obviously more things that you have to take care of because when you're younger you just have zero responsibilities and as you sort of start growing up it starts adding to it one responsibility another responsibility a couple of more to it yeah. you know but it's really how you see it i feel like it's beautiful it makes you independent uh I mean I still live with my parents uh, mm-hmm. so I actually don't have to pay a lot of bills uh, but I know friends who've moved out moved to different yeah. cities 
um and like moving out of home is something that's on the cards for me uh because of covid it's all sort of been a little here and there mm. uh but i think real adulting starts when you move out of your home because then you're paying rent then you're bothering khana kya hai khana banana kaise hai you know all there's expensive. a lot more to it all expenses yeah and how to make it happen and how to still save your money and do all of that uh but overall i feel like adulting comes with a lot of independence and what you do with that independence and freedom is what changes how you see adulting true uh you know the last 3 years now i have been living a parallel life at the capital city mm-hmm. and it's i feel like that process i really grew up while doing that uh because when i started going to delhi initially i was i was much younger i was inexperienced mm-hmm. i didn't know what to do how to do uh you know even on the travel front i'd never like traveled for work i'd only traveled for fun and content mm-hmm. and with friends and adventures and this and that and i really learned my way around it and now so it's like i land into delhi and i don't feel That's like i've landed you know i'm home <laughs> i'm i fly from one home to another i mean that's how much time i spend in that city and you know i've mm-hmm. lived alone for like weeks together i've figured out my own meals i i you know with with my friends i figured out everything in and around so i feel like that experience really changed a lot for me it mm. it made me grow up in a way um but i think adulting is fun it's really how you see it adulting is so much fun there is freedom there is independence uh you do you and it's great amazing so to all the listeners who are sometimes kind of afraid of you know the the various possibilities that might just hit you when you're out of college fresh and <laughs> just going to you know get paid for whatever you do it's kind of fun you'll have newer opportunities so that that's not from me because i've i've still a long way to go till there but yeah that's from someone who has experienced it and yeah it seems fun from the outside as well like uh, i can just like it's fun from the inside also on most yeah. days it is i can assure you on most days it is and on some days it's a little blah but i think that's like that's life i guess i mean yeah. at any phase some days are blah so True. yeah absolutely so uh that was that was a really uh, you know great kind of piece of advice as well and also a run through into what people might uh, kind of expect <laughs> once they're outside that's also a thing but uh, you mentioned something that uh, for week you uh, used to stay alone as well so you kind of figured your way around it as well so how important do you think that you know living with yourself is also you know necessary how how important is it well you know my perspective of this is obviously a assumption because i have never lived alone properly properly mm-hmm. okay like i have lived alone while traveling obviously i've lived alone for like a weeks and months also sometimes like mm-hmm. the highest i've lived without my parents like all by myself has been maybe two months or okay. maybe one and a half month like when i went to dubai on like my remote work schedule earlier this year mm-hmm. i was i was there for like 31 days but i feel like the real game changer is when you properly move out of your house mm. because tum ek mahine ke liye bhi jaate ho tumko pata hai tum wapas ghar aane wale yeah there's a difference your mind works and operates yeah. very differently correct you know you're coming back home to your parents you know you're coming back home to your room you know you're coming back home mm. but when you move out move out of your parents space is when you know you have to build your own home uh-huh. and again from the outside it looks very exciting because it looks straight out of wake up sit <laughs> but i'm sure there's a lot more to it mm. uh and i feel like that's a follow up we should do maybe next year when i have moved out uh, and i'm maybe in delhi i don't know 
Amazing. So I have been like living outside of home for the last, I guess, five years or something. So one. I think you should answer that question then. Yeah, that that's what what I feel about it was that uh, it's it's really important to kind of get a hold of your own thoughts because when you're alone, you know, even your uh, you know the days when you're not so you know you don't do so well, like you're low. or the days when you're actually cheering up at the end of the day you know that you have to go back to that one room with yourself so it does not sound as exciting you know it just sounds depressing that i have to just go back home to myself but when i moved out of you know like my parents place i did not know much about what i was going to do and i had to figure out a lot of things but living outside gave me one little perspective is that i found home in people rather than you know in a place and that was the most beautiful part of it like it was not like i'm going back home to some, you know some like flat or apartment it was like i'm going back right. home to this one person who feels like home and i i created like home away from home in a lot of places like in a lot of people i did that so wherever they live i can live with them so that that kind of changed my perspective on how to live away from home and with yourself because then you still have the security like the sense of security that you were talking about yeah i'm going back to home after you know 30 days but there also you can create that sense of security okay i have this person no it's okay everything will be cool even if i'm low this person is there to just be there so i i learned that and i think that's something you also uh, as you rightly said the whole idea of home away from home i think the more you travel the more you learn to do that yeah. you know like i have met people on my adventures around the world and i felt like i'm at home <laughs> absolutely uh, you know because i, I mean what what is a home what is a home it's a family that makes the home a home mm-hmm. or else it's just a flat home is kind you of know? a feeling like the house yeah, the home is, and all those things are exactly like, yeah that's literal but home mm-hmm. is the feeling like oh. if, if if i think i lived in the same apartment alone and my parents lived somewhere else it wouldn't feel like home mm-hmm. uh, because home is the emotion you add to the space Absolutely. So yeah, as you rightly said, people make you feel like home, and uh, yeah, I think beautiful I've, how you feel that feeling. Sort of lived by that. I agree. I agree, and it happens with it's 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 such an organic feeling mm. that it just happens. You know, mm. you don't go looking for it, or you mm. can't make it manifest. It mm. just happens with some people in the most unexpected places in the world, in the most unexpected situations. Um, So yeah, you know, I was just telling you right. Three years I've been doing up and down between Bombay yeah. and Delhi, and the one of the reasons that has made it so easy for me to do that is because I found friends. I found friends who became family mm. and who started feeling like home at Delhi. You know, like I knew that if I'm at Delhi, even if I'm at my hotel or my Airbnb, and I need something, I know I have people. Mm. I know I'm never going to be alone. I know I can just like. Himanshu is on my favorites. I know I can speed dial Himanshu, and I know I have someone for me. Come what may, and obviously over the last three years, I've just met so many friends, and I've made so many friends and uh, such incredible people that yeah, you just find home, and the home just keeps becoming larger and bigger. Even even I I saw your uh, in a recent reel with Paritosh, and you know it just feels so good when you can just meet people in some other cities and you know have have a nice time with people. That's great. That's, that's yeah. That was shot last year. We did those last year. I don't know why it never went out. I think I forgot <laughs> that we shot that. It just stayed in my phone. Uh, but yeah, that was right after the first lockdown. Amazing. So uh, the thing that I want to ask you is that you've quoted a lot of Bollywood movies, so I can take that you are a big, you know, Bollywood movie fan. So what what will be your five, you know, best movies that you would recommend? 
in Bollywood. Okay. That's a hard wow, list. that's okay. I have a very long list. I like eat, sleep, breathe Hindi cinema, but uh, <laughs> you also okay, so I think right? You worked on a project with Prithvi. I actually started my career as a visual storyteller at Prithvi. I was an intern at Prithvi. Mm. Uh, this was a couple of years back. I was still in college. I was in my second year. Mm-hmm. And I used to actually go there a lot for the aloo paratha and the cutting chai. <laughs> uh, it's it's amazing at Prithvi Cafe, and wo, that was like super budget, right? So when you're in college, you're looking for like stuff that's Other good food. and in a budget. And them, yeah. So we used to go to Prithvi Cafe all the time, and then mm-hmm. I used to tag them on my Instagram. And this is pre-Instagram, okay? Like Instagram mm-hmm. was just a humble normal editing use kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Rubbish it was. And uh, these guys, they reached out to me saying, you know, we have an event. Would you like to like shoot it with us or something like that? Something on the lines of that. And I had just picked up a camera. I didn't know how to use a camera, mm-hmm. so I took my. I was shooting on auto. <laughs> I was shooting on auto. मुझे manual mode use करना भी नहीं आता था. And I'm telling you the number of people who are photographers around me yeah. in college they have made so much fun of me <laughs> saying you're not a photographer till you shoot in manual mm-hmm. i'm like buddy i got my camera 3 days back so you know like give me a break i'll learn you know you have already gotten an internship <laughs> yeah i mean so just hold your horses you're still yeah. shooting that tree outside college so hold on <laughs> and um, i borrowed a lens from a friend i borrowed the 50 mm because again i didn't know lenses i didn't know mm-hmm. how the कैमरा इकोसिस्टम वर्क्स बट आई डिड नो कि इसको प्राइम लेंस बोलते हैं इससे फोटो लूंगा तो पीछे का ब्लर हो जाएगा दैट वाज लिटरली माय स्टार्टिंग पॉइंट आई टुक दिस लेंस आई टुक द कैमरा आई लैंडेड अप एट पृथ्वी एंड आई लैंडेड अप एट अ जाकिर हुसैन मेमोरियल कॉन्सर्ट एंड आई एम जस्ट लाइक दिस रियली लॉस्ट किड आई एम लाइक व्हाट एम आई डूइंग हियर आई डोंट नो हाउ टू शूट आई डोंट नो हाउ टू ब्लॉक अ फ्रेम आई एम सडनली एट पृथ्वी थिएटर एंड जाकिर हुसैन इज प्लेइंग द तबला एंड करीना कपूर इज सिटिंग इन द ऑडियंस एंड देयर इज ऑल ऑफ बॉलीवुड इन द ऑडियंस आई शॉट पिक्चर्स फ्रॉम लाइक नंदिता दास टू सैफ अली खान एंड एवरीवन आई मेट इम्तियाज अली फॉर द फर्स्ट टाइम एट दैट इवेंट एंड आई वाज जस्ट I didn't know what was happening, honestly, mm. uh, but I have very clear memory of that evening. So yeah, that's how my sort of uh, professional relationship with Prithvi started. They liked my work, I loved them, and then we worked for I think two years after that. Coming back to the question now, what are your favorite? What oh shit, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I asked you for that journey only. So the question was five. My top your... five Hindi yes. films. Hmm. Okay. I think first has to be Tamasha. Amazing. Uh, Tamasha just spoke to my heart. Tamasha okay. is like a, it's it's a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's an emotion. It's point, so much more. Uh, like that's a very heavy point, and that when both of them are you know lying down on that, yeah, and Ranveer is looking away from Deepika and he's crying. The agar tum saath. Yeah, agar tum saath ho visual. That's so touching. I I I kind of like crack open at that point every time. <laughs> bro you will not believe this that sequence of agar tum saath ho is shot at delhi okay oh. it's shot at a place mm-hmm. it's shot at a social at hoskhas that social okay. has now shut down because of covid because of covid uh, but i went with a friend to that place and i'm telling this friend ye jagah bahut familiar lag rahi hai <laughs> i feel like i've been here before but this is my first time at delhi in 2016 mm-hmm. or something i was like i feel like i've been here i've seen this somewhere and i had already watched tamasha a lot of times mm-hmm. and she was like are Tamasha was shot here. I think I went there in 2017 or 18, not 16. 
and she was like are tamasha shot here and then i watched the song and i was like oh shit this is where dipika said this is what happened oh my god all of that happened and then a couple of months later i got to go to delhi for some project and i had a day off mm-hmm. so i took my laptop i went to hoska social i watched tamasha at social oh, i have yeah. cried my heart out like as if i don't know like imtiaz ali sat there and narrated the script to me but i have cried my heart out like nothing so i think yeah tamasha has to be number 1 then oh my god i'm suddenly so lost uh then i think dear zindagi that was also beautiful you are dear zindagi also <laughs> uh, yeah listen his storytelling is so Absolutely. soulful hmm. uh i think next one is also imtiaz ali only highway okay like highway really made me want to get lost to get found mm-hmm. like not kidnapped lost uh, but like just lost on yeah. my own terms then i think um, like these films won't make it to my top 5 but i'm a big sucker for dharma films okay like the kuch kuch hota hai and kabhi khushi kabhi gham is for like my guilty pleasure yeah oh ji ekdam but it wouldn't make the cut to my top 5 mm. um jab we met for sure that's that's a cool one jab we met for sure and uh, i think uri hmm. i'm a really big fan of uri for the way it's shot true, true. uh you know the storytelling in uri was so precise and it really kept us at the edge of our seats and uh, I- i'm a big fan of how that film is shot the lighting in that film is just a game changer like what mitesh meerchandani mm-hmm. has done with that film is just wow i see like when i you're a big sucker for uh, you know like storytelling like intense and good storytelling good storytelling oh my god like good storytelling can change the whole ball game you know True. i mean what is cinema if it's not storytelling it's not i mean the crux of cinema is to tell good stories right absolutely um, so with the advent but like i like the normal yeah. hindi cinema like i like the dancing and the singing mm-hmm. and like that's why i love kuch kuch hota and kabhi khushi gam also uh but but yeah what i feel that with the advent of you know medium uh you know budgeted movies we've got a lot of good storytelling movies like you know, karwa yeah karwa i don't know that was medium or budget so, i don't know if it was a medium or a budget film but like yeah. that's the first movie that i could think of when you said storytelling now i i i you know i really cried when uh, in karwa they were having a conversation about dads so you know, yes yeah and that that was one point where uh, it really hit me very hard but yeah irfan khan and uh, one of the best man you know i met the director of karwa at the airport the last time i was at the airport amazing, amazing. and i i went up to him and i spoke to him for a little bit and he was just um, yeah it was really kind that so do you have any aspirations like because you're such a great storyteller yourself so getting into bollywood and creating some amazing movies I don't know if I'm a good storyteller yet. I'm I'm a work in progress storyteller, but uh, yes, I would love to uh you know I know I want to tell stories all my life. Uh and since I've grown up watching Hindi cinema and I'm such a sucker for the for watching storytelling on that celluloid and the silver screen. Mm. Um like of course, I mean I would love to. Uh but you know, I don't know my my whole sort of plan of action to this mm. is whatever the medium is i know i want to tell stories you know whether it's it's a it's a medium as individualistic as instagram or a channel like youtube or uh, whatever opportunities i get you know i know i want to tell good stories 
and i think that i'm very clear on probably the reason why i you know connect with your content so much that was like i'm glad motive behind you know the starting this podcast and everything because a lot of friends uh, so i i i am very you know like famous among the friends group as you know the person who can tell stories very nicely and these people like you know why don't you get into the audio thing because i'm i'm kind of camera shy i could not get on the camera and shoot videos while speaking something which was heartfelt but then came out suddenly kudos to you for doing this you're on camera kudos to you yeah yeah this is what so uh, like dheere dheere hota hai na ki when you start creating content and you get into that thoda sa confidence aa jata hai when people start like commenting on your work so now you know even if there are like five people who hear it and tell me that okay this made a difference in my life this gave me a little bit of hope because if you know the stories then i'm like okay the job is done that's that's all i wanted to know so yeah. absolutely storytelling is something that Well, I I remember uh, Naval uh, quoted something, and Naval is like one of the biggest philosophy people that I follow. I'm like I'm a like I'm a, I'm a fan of his Twitter account. So he posted this that if you cannot code, I I don't know if I'm quoting this right, but if you cannot code, do not code. Write poetry, stories, and make podcasts. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's that's true. Stories will always be a very you know integral part of human as a community. Like we've been storytellers since ages. For everything that we know, exactly, learn is story is through stories. So that's 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 there. So and see the people who've lived yeah. before us, they have told stories. After they have gone, they have gone leaving legacies as stories. They have lived. they are life as a story because then we later tell they are life as a story in itself true, true. i mean like my poa for life is to live a great story you know i mean tell stories is a part of living the larger larger the bigger picture and like just living a great story because what is it if it's not a story everything is a story you know so i i was just talking to someone on the the other day over another recording of another podcast so i was telling her the same that uh, you know when when we are like in the you know at the end of our lives we want to look back at an autobiography that was amazing that was worth the read so you know where every chapter was interesting you took your know, if you wanted to do something you took your risks maybe did it maybe did not do it but it was just interesting at the end of the day you do not left whatever you wanted to try and try so you know that's what i tell people as well ki you know uh, there was this one friend of mine who was asking me uh, so he lost a few bucks on crypto and then you know he was like hey, okay i've made it back so do i remove it from the account i'm like if you've gotten into that into that you know investment let it be if you have already taken that risk let it be and see what happens because at the end of the day what do you want to write ki uh, you know i i was just too secure and i removed it or maybe i just you know Put fate into the dice and roll it. So that's that's something which even I tell people to you know make a great story out of your life. That's that's what we live for, right? When someone tells like, your story after you're gone, that should be interesting. Like you know this person, okay, he did this, 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 and from there he's here. I I can't. That's why I consider Bhuvan Bam as a very big you know inspiration for Indian uh, YouTubers and content creators. Is that he just showed over his phone. He took the chance. He did it for years, and now he's one of the best. So yeah, you know there are there are a lot of examples like him, but yeah, he he was the first to uh, you know uh, strike my mind. Yeah, no, no, no two ways. And actually, he is someone who even I have personally looked up to for a very long time. Mm. Uh, 
I was never a very big fan of his content. Okay, that he was doing on YouTube. Uh, it just didn't speak to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, being a creator myself, I was always very. I always acknowledged the amount of hard work it took because mm-hmm. whether you like a piece of content or no, you know that it took a lot of effort lot to of create effort. this piece of content. Absolutely. I mean, it takes it takes a freaking village to make a film, and then people mm-hmm. don't like the film. Everyone can't like everything. True. But then I actually landed up meeting Bhuvan. Hmm. I met him at uh, I met him at YouTube Fan Fest, and I was so like embarrassed because some friend had dragged me into some <laughs> meet and greet, and I was like, "Listen, I don't do this meet and greet thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not me." Because there are all these like young children, and I mean, I mean, I was their age only, Tabi, but uh, everyone was like going crazy and like, jumping and dancing, and I was like, "Mujhse nahi hoga ye sab." I was like, "Bye, I'm going home." But I landed up meeting him, Tabi, and then a couple of months later, I was shooting a concert at NH7, and he was performing. So mm-hmm. we sort of got to chill and we got to talk a little bit. And after I spoke to that man, I was a fan instantly. No perspective change. I was like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I was like, I'm, not, I'm still not a fan of his content, <laughs> but I am a fan of yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a fan of Bhuvan as a person. And then around the same time, I actually also got to very closely, uh, uh, you know, be involved in a couple of things with Prajakta. Uh, mm-hmm. We met on a few projects and things here and there, and it just takes so much effort. Absolutely. You know, we just see the final product. Like mm-hmm. I've seen people, like when I've had these conversations, people are like, "Oh, you know these people," and like I don't like their content, and I'm like, "That's okay," but I'll speak to you, but वो कुछ उखाड़ रहे हैं तुम फिर सबको गाली दे रहे हो difference है you know like just just don't even try mm-hmm. you know so. It's very easy to do and something. work hard. It's very, it's very know, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. But again, I think when you are a creator, you you are sort of prepared for that. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That criticism also, right? Because you're putting something out there. I mean, imagine Dharma Productions put a kalank out. You know, <laughs> they put so much money, so much hard work, so much yeah. effort, such big mm. names. It didn't work. You know, and so many production houses mm. take the brunt for a not so good film. Mm. So, मतलब It's the same thing, na. The scale or production is totally different. We live in a part of the world where uh, it's not even sometimes just not good storytelling or not good movies. It's just sometimes it just gets you know involved with religion, politics, and so much more. So even if it's good storytelling, country, yeah, a lot has to be kept in mind. Yeah, true, true. Amazing. I always some discussion. With you, and I really loved it. I I really loved how deep we went inside, you know, a lot of things, and uh, we picked out some things about adulting. We picked out your favorite Bollywood picks. We picked out how you know uh, your traveling has made you uh, feel as an adult, and you know how how you have just settled into that culture of making homes away from home, and a lot of lot of different things that we discussed over here. Before uh, we end the session, I wanted to ask you like one last question: Is that a lot of people will be hearing this? Oh yeah, from every age group, from every uh, age. But one piece of advice that you give to everyone you meet, what will that be? Like one universal piece of advice. I think this is something I have started practicing over the last two years, and it's something that I try to practice and preach. is literally live and let live mm-hmm. don't tell people what to do and don't tell people what not to do don't give unsolicited advice when you're not asked to give it mm-hmm. you know you do you let everyone sort of figure their own stuff out mm-hmm. uh i i feel like we give a lot of unnecessary opinions on a lot of things 
you know it's just and more 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 now than ever the internet has given us the liberty to just share our opinions right so everyone's talking hmm. like people just don't realize that they don't have anything worth saying so keep quiet especially when it comes to politics and you know so many things that keep happening around in the country uh i just feel like just do your research you know uh, when it comes to speaking on an opinion like you should yeah. know what you're talking right mm-hmm. i mean yeah. I see as creators we might be a little influential and all of that jazz but our niche is not politics our niche is travel somebody's niche mm-hmm. could be travel somebody's niche could be uh, beauty writing i don't know it could mm-hmm. be anything right it could be food mm-hmm. suddenly everyone just because you're a little like influential on the internet you're expected to speak and i'm just like hurry mm-hmm. but once Like, you know, does this person even really understand what they are speaking? Mm-hmm. Like, I would not speak about something that I don't completely am aware about. True. You yeah. know, yeah. and I just feel like too many people give opinions on each other very easily. So I just feel like live and let live. Would you like it if someone did that to you? No. So don't do it to someone else. Simple. True. True. Amazing. So, uh, okay. One last question is that: What do you think okay. about mindfulness? One last question. Is what do you think about mindfulness? What's your take on mindfulness? Because of course, the show's name is mindfulness, which we're talking about. Absolutely, my take on mindfulness is being being aware. Hmm. Uh, like I know that I feel mindful on days when I am completely aware of what I am thinking, what I am doing, where I am going, hmm. or uh, like where I'm going in terms of direction in life. Hmm. and it has to have a certain certain amount of or a lot of rather purity and calm to it uh because honestly i feel like we feel like when we multitask we work a lot and we feel really great about it hmm. uh, but i'm trying to build my productivity cycle in a way where i don't have to multitask like i want to do one thing at a time okay. and do it well hmm. uh you know and time utna hi lagta hai If you really yeah. sit and like compare the two things, time उतना ही लगता है. But you're just more involved in what you're doing. You're more mindful. You're more aware of what you're doing. Mm. And uh, and I think yeah, my first like mindful experience in life has been when a few years back I went to this place in very close to Dharamshala. It's mm. called Siddhabari. Okay. And uh, at Siddhabari, Swami Chidmayananda's Samadhi is at Siddhabari. Chidmaya Mission has an ashram over there. Mm-hmm. and uh, that was the first time in my life that i experienced a level of mindfulness and zen that made me realize that it is possible hai. you know we can feel like that more often uh, so now i try to achieve that sitting here in bombay without seeing the daladhar ridges and the himalayas but uh, but yeah it's it's really possible i mean it's just how you what your mindset is and how you want your life to look like and how you define it and how you not let others define it so live and let live and 100% you do you yes and achieve you know that purity and calmness of mind and then you can actually practice mindfulness in a much better way so what a beautiful way i agree so you know what's your what's your definition of mindfulness since you have a podcast on it i'm sure you have thought a lot more about it before naming your podcast <laughs> absolutely so uh, the thing is that uh, for me being centered was what mindfulness meant initially is that you know my mind was just full of chaos a lot of things were happening at the same point of time you know and it was not good like nothing was good at that point of time 
but still you know uh, since my childhood i used to be that kid who looks at things and i'm like okay this might be bad but there is something good in this and suddenly i had lost that capability through and through and i did not understand how to look at you know that little positive thing whenever you know a lot of things were going bad and normally that one positive thing is responsible for picking me out of you know anything you know that's going wrong but at that point of time it just was you know darkening again and suddenly you know i felt that okay let's let's give myself some time where am i so the thing is that your life is like you know there's this point this is the present and it branches into the past it branches into the future okay you could have had n number of possibilities in the past or n number of possibilities in the future but collecting yourself in this continuum of time at this point of time that is being centered for me this is why it's centered because you know the roots are on both the sides so being centered makes you makes your vision very clear so even if you have like 10 paths in front of you whatever choice you make it might be right or it might be wrong but do you fully accept the consequences because for me i you know i was at a point where i had taken the decisions and i was not accepting the consequences because they were just not in my favor and that's not how it works so for me mindfulness was more of a practice that could help me be centered and yeah purity and calmness as you said were very important in that process because if your mind is corrupted with a lot of things you cannot just sit and be aware so you have to like actually push everything out for a moment come yeah. back to yourself and that's when i realized that mental health physical health all of these different aspects were also as much necessary as building a good career so it's not like just building a career and keeping everything aside that's not actually how it should work so yeah for me it's being centered like a practice that helps you be centered when the world is in a chaos <laughs> which it is most of the times yeah <laughs> true so shivam thank you so much for being here on the show taking your time of your very busy schedule i know you've been traveling a lot and you might also have be having plans uh after this <laughs> thank you for you know finding that little chunk of time and spending it no no i'm i'm really really glad we did this thank you for having me i hope you like the conversation i did i did what a way to start monday we're recording this on a monday i'm like so pumped for the week now i've had such good conversations with you on a monday so um, it's going to be a good week i hope so and i wish you like an amazing year ahead <laughs> not even a week like a year two years ago so thank you. thank you so much thank you so much for being here once again and sharing all your perspectives regarding you know thank you and it was just a pleasure to have you thank you so much guys for staying till the end and listening to the entire episode as always it means the world to me that you guys listen to the episode support me and you know support the podcast by you know just coming in every week in the beginning of the week on mondays where we hold our you know monday morning mindful why did i say it like that <laughs> okay so you come back on every monday listening to the monday morning mindfulness episodes and you come back on every friday to listen to you know the guest episodes and it just makes me so happy that i'm able to you know uh help so many of you guys gain perspective in a way even i'm learning from all these amazing human beings and i'm i'm just so happy that i can do all of that with you and i can you know share this journey with you and i can walk this journey with you so yeah thank you so much for all your support if you want to you know send me anything regarding this episode like you liked it you disliked it anything anything that you have in your mind you can hit me up on my socials @adrishwithanshu almost on all platforms 
that is at the rate s-w-a-y-t-a-n-s-h-u so yeah thank you so much for listening to today's episode and we'll be back on monday with another bright new episode so yeah till then peace